my pleasure to welcome you here to Victor Fellowship on this Wednesday night of your coaching. We're loving you if you're watching. Thanks for watching. Share with some friends. Father, we're so grateful that tonight refreshing comes from your presence. And Lord, we welcome and expect good things from you. We thank you, Lord, that you have the power and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Do what only you can do to us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God.
just want, want the men to know that uh, coming up at the end of October, we have what's called our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. And um, our theme this year is called Blessed, Favored, and Increased. So if you know some men who are 12 and older, you're welcome to invite them. The event is free, and uh, we're going to have a good time, guys, so I would encourage you to come and bring a friend. Bring several friends. And uh, God wants to do something in every person, but this is geared towards men. So uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, how many are glad to be here tonight? Could have been anywhere, but God brought you here. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Started this uh, last week, and you know, when you look to the Word, you may see something that you didn't see before. And uh, so, we're going to get into this. And I want you to open up your heart and uh, receive the Word of God this evening. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 1. It says, All the commandments which I command you this day. All the what? All the commandments. God doesn't give suggestions. God doesn't ask you your opinion. God doesn't really ask you what you feel about it. Why? Because His Word is so sure. It's forever settled in heaven. It's established. It's so powerful. And He said, All the commandments which I command you this day, you shall observe to do. And then he says four things, and I want to just take a closer look at these four things that I'm probably not going to get to all four. And, uh, but that's no surprise. So, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. So, God has a land for you. He has a place for you. And in God's place, it could be a physical place. It's also a spiritual place in Christ Jesus. How do we know we get everything that we get from God through Christ? And anybody who is in Christ There are people who aren't in Christ. But everyone who is in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. So, he says here, God wants you to go and get what's yours. He wants you to get what he promised. He wants you to get what he gave you. And he wants you to have what he said you could have. Amen? God gave us his word. He gave it to people just like you. Amen? And anybody can choose 
to believe what he said, and simply by choosing to believe what he said, it's yours. It's already yours, but if you want to, if you want it to benefit you, you got to believe it. So, how does God want you to live in this land that He's given you? How, you know, this phrase that you may live, it talks about living comfortably and living prosperously. God doesn't want you to barely get along. God doesn't want you to live sickly. God doesn't want you to live in poverty. Do you know, there's a lot of impoverished countries, and it's not because they have lack of things, it's because of greed and covetousness. That prevents the resources from getting to others. So God wants you to live. And the way we think of life, it might be different than the way God thinks of life. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's very important for us to get God's perspective. What does God think about life? Or how does God think I should live? God is the author of life. Yeah. We did not come up with this idea of life. God came up with this idea. We are the beneficiaries of life. Amen. He made us. And he breathed the breath of life into us. Into our nostrils. God's breath caused us to be a living being. Hallelujah. So, there is a way that God wants you to live in the land that he's given you. So, how does God think of life? Go with me to John 10. John 10. A well familiar scripture. But, what are we doing? We're getting God's perspective on the kind of life that he wants his children to live. He doesn't want you to, he wants you to have a good life. I might get ahead of myself. He wants you to have a long life. John 10 and verse 10. See, how, how we think of life is the difference between natural thinking and kingdom or spiritual thinking. You know, a person who's born again is going to look at life differently than someone who's not born again. So John 10.10, 10, these are just a few things that God laid on the heart that what he thinks about life. Verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have what? And they might have it how? 
Everybody say, more abundantly. So, when God thinks of life, He thinks of an abundant life. He said, this is Jesus talking. These are the words of Jesus. He said, the thief comes. When the thief comes, he's got a purpose. Three purposes. Steal, kill, and destroy. But, someone greater than the thief has come. I am. The I am is here. The I am has come. What is I am? I am ever presently with you. I am ready to give you what you need, want, desire. I am full. I am loaded. I am generous. I am loving. I am forgiving. I'm helpful. What did God tell Moses? Moses said, who should I tell the people who you are? Tell them I am that I am. Amen? And even... Jesus told his disciples, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Speaking of his divinity, his timelessness, his eternal nature. So, God wants you to have an abundant life. An overflowing life. A too much life. Well, I'm not having it now. Well, when you connect with Jesus, He unlocks the potential of life. Amen? So, that you may live. This is how He wants us to live in the land. He wants us to live in abundance. Did you ever read in the Gospels where Jesus, He was limited one time. When he couldn't do any mighty work in his hometown because of unbelief. But everything that he did, I mean, he did over the top. People who had diseases for years, when they encountered Jesus, he made them whole immediately. He gave them life. I mean, Okay, I can't get ahead of myself. <laughs> Alright, so, he wants you to have an abundant life. Say, God Hi. wants me to have an abundant life. Yeah. He wants you to have enough for you and enough to share. Yeah. He wants you to have a full supply. Amen? Amen? Yeah. He doesn't want you to lack. He doesn't want you to struggle to get by. Abundance. we got to think Abundance. I go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. What kind of life? How does God want me to live in this land that He's given me? Psalm 91, verse 16. Well, we better read 15 because it's part of it. He shall call on me, and I will answer him. How many have found that if you call on him, he answers? Our God is a God who answers. He doesn't put you on hold. If you you contact heaven, you won't get a robocall. I will be with him in trouble. What happens when he's with you in trouble? You get out of trouble. 
will deliver him and honor him. Okay, verse 16. How does God want us to live in the land that he's given us? With what life? Long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Oh, salvation is the God kind of life. It's the Zoe life. So God wants you to have an abundant life, but he wants you to have a long life. How many has ever heard the phrase, at a funeral, God took them? <laughs> I got news for you. God doesn't, God's not a thief. He doesn't take. Anybody he took from earth, he took alive. But it's appointed that a man lives to die. Yeah, you die once. God, the Bible doesn't say you have a time to die. The question is, did they let Satan come in and steal their life short? Or, you know, a lot of people left before they fulfilled their purpose. Paul said, I finished my course with joy. That's a good time to go, amen? So, what kind of life? He wants to give you abundant life in this land. He wants you to have a long life, satisfied life, a full life, amen? He, Abraham lived to be 175 years old, and the Bible says he lived a full, long life. He lived a rich life. He lived an abundant life, Amen? That's the kind of life that God wants us to live in this land that He's given us. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 2. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 2. God says that you may live in this land. It says, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 2, For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. What's going to add that to you? God's Word. When you become a partner with Jesus, when you uh, become a listener and a learner, you're a lifelong learner. That makes you a disciple. When you become a follower, a close follower, not a distant follower, a close follower. Amen? When you enter into a partnership with the Word, that Word is life itself. The Bible says the words that Jesus spoke were spirit and life. Did you know that you're holding a fountain of life in your hands right here? Amen. Okay? Alright. Go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. What kind of life does God want you to live in the land that He's given that He want, that you may live? He wants you to live a certain way. He doesn't want you to live a defeated life. How can you live a defeated life when He's the victory? When He causes you to triumph? Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. This is the victory that overcomes the world even your faith. So you weren't meant to live a defeated life. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And 
will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? If you want to be connected to his house forever, you've got to be connected to his house on earth. Yeah. We're in his house right now. This is God's house, but you're also God's house. Say, I'm God's house. But notice this. He wants your life to be filled with goodness and mercy. How often is God's mercy made fresh? God is a baker, man. And every day, he makes the mercy muffins. He makes the mercy. His mercies are new every morning. You, well, what's that? I smell some fresh mercy today. When I woke up today, I got fresh mercy. Freshly squeezed mercy. I remember when I had the privilege to go to Maui, Hawaii. And uh, I was experiencing a little bit of Jesus' beach ministry. And uh, except for uh, the, the sunburn that I got that was made me lobster man. But we stayed in this hotel. And every morning, the hotel had a buffet-style breakfast. And it had about 15 fresh fruit or fresh juice out of whatever. They had guava. They had mango. They had pineapple. They had orange. They had all. It was good. Why? Because it was fresh every day. So God wants you to live a life where goodness and mercy are following you wherever you go. Come on, goodness. Come on, mercy. Let's go. Notice, surely, goodness and mercy. That means anyone who is connected to him, it's for sure. It's for certain. This is what's going to happen. Goodness and mercy. Favor and mercy. Blessing and forgiveness. Why are they following you? Because when you need it, they're, they're there to, for you to benefit. Because you might, you might be walking along and you might get yourself in the jam and you need some goodness and mercy, but they've been following you and they're ready to go. All the days, not just some of the days, all the days of your life. Can you, amen? A lifelong flow of goodness and mercy in your life. A lifetime guarantee. Amen? God guarantees that those who are sheep under this good shepherd will have goodness. That's grace. Did you know goodness is grace? Grace and mercy. They're twins. I got some twins following me. Everywhere I go. So, God wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have a long life. He wants your life to be filled with goodness and mercy following you. Let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. This is how he wants us to live in the land that he's called us to. Can you say amen? amen. I mean, we ought to get excited about good news. Get excited 
about good news. John chapter 6 and verse 47. What kind of life does God want you to have? Jesus is talking here. He says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, the Father, or no, he that believes on me has what? Everlasting life. The, the Energizer Bunny ain't got nothing on us. What kind of life? Everlasting. That means it has no end. That means it's going to go on and on and on. That means it's not going to stop. It has no limit. It's an everlasting life. How do you get it? You believe it. Do you believe it today? Then he says in verse 8, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Let me say the bread of life. Does that sound to you like it's stale? Moldy? Crusty? No! Jesus himself is the bread of life. That means one bite generates life in you. That means it's good. That means it's from the Father's house. Amen? It's the bread of life. What you got in your lunch? I got me some bread of life sandwiches. You want one? They're good. Never had one before. Just take a bite. You want more. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the loaf of life. He's the rye of life. He's the pumpernickel of life. Amen? He's the whole wheat of life. He's the white of life. He's whatever kind of bread you want. It, it will gem- You can eat the bread. You can eat the crust. All of it's good. He is the bread of life. Let's go down. Let's go to John chapter 1. This is the life that he wants us to live in the land that he's given us. John chapter 1, verse 4. He made everything, and he said, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. I guess he's light bread. If, he's, if his life is light, then he's the bread, he's light bread. <laughs> but notice, in him was life. He was a life carrier. He was a life giver. He was a life restorer. He was a life forgiver. He was a life helper. He was a life coach. Jesus is the ultimate life coach. Hallelujah. Go to go back to John 6. And look at uh, verse 57. That you may live in the land that I've given you. This is how God, you know, God wants to raise your standard of living. He wants to increase your life. 
He wants to maximize your life. He's got a purpose for your life. 57. John 6, 57. Notice this. As the living Father, not only does Jesus have life in Himself, He came from life. The living Father, not the dead Father. Not the grumpy Father. Not the hard Father, but the living Father. Did you know that Jesus is the life of the party? When you have Jesus, things get really fun. Amen? As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. Now, he's not talking about cannibalism. He's talking about intimacy and interaction. When you, when you get in him, he gets in you. Amen? It's like if you're swimming in a pool, and that pool gets in you. You don't want it to get in your eyes, and you certainly don't want it to get in your nose. But right? But it can get in you. Amen? Like an empty cup. When you start to pour water in it, that water is in the cup. Okay? So, Jesus said, He lives by the Father. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. How does God want you to live in the land that He's given you? This is His standard of living. Galatians 2 and verse 20. Paul was living a substandard life. In other words, Paul was not living the life that God wanted him to live. He wasn't doing what God wanted him to do. But then he met Jesus. Right? He met the life giver. He met the bread of life. And he was a participant now in eternal life. And notice what he says in Galatians 2. Verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Isn't that incredible? You can be crucified and live. The old man died, but the new man lives. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead. But Paul said, I was crucified, but I live, because I live by faith in the Son of God. I put my faith in Jesus, and I let Jesus live his life through me. Are you letting Jesus live his life through you? The abundant life, the long life, the peaceful life, the joyful life. Amen? He is life. Alright, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. This is how God wants you to live. Verse 2, Romans 8, verse 2. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is a law of life in Christ. And the Holy Spirit, He is our guide to live this law. He is the... Um, he is the governor of this law. It's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What do we know about the Spirit? Wherever He is, there's liberty. Wherever He is, there's freedom. There's guidance. There's direction. There's power. There's fire. Amen? The Spirit of God. He helps us to live the life that God wants us to live. He shows us. He teaches us. He brings us into all the truth of this life. It's a rich life. It's a fulfilling life. Hallelujah. That's the kind of life that He wants us to live in the land that He's given us. Amen? Go to John chapter 11. The Gospel of John, chapter 11. So, what do we know? We know He wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to have a long life. He wants us to have a life full of goodness and mercy. He wants us to have an everlasting life. We can feed on life like bread. He comes from a living Father, and we can live in Him. And this is what Jesus said about someone who was dead. Jesus said unto her, unto Martha, whose brother had just died. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice, he didn't say, I'm a life, he said, I'm the life. How many has ever seen the television show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Well, that was a show. It was on uh, back when I was much younger. It was hosted by Robin Leach. And he would say, I'm Robin Leach. And this is Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. But I changed it and I said, I'm Doug Pishka. And this is Lifestyles of the spiritually renewed. Amen? And uh, in that program, he would talk about famous people and their houses and their vehicles and the vacations that they took on. Amen? But we're talking about the practical things that God has given us through His Word, through His promises. Amen? This is the kind of life that God wants us to live. We might as well just embrace it. We might as well just believe it. And we might as well just act like it's so. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? When a Christian dies, do they 
No. They simply step out of the body and relocate. Everyone who dies in Christ is currently more alive than when they were on earth. And they are in heaven. They are with Jesus. They're with the angels. They're celebrating. They're enjoying the streets of gold. They're enjoying the the all-day worship. They're enjoying that they don't need a generator. The light never goes out. Amen. They're enjoying that they don't ever shed a tear because there's no tears there. And if you're in Christ, you're going to see Him again. You're going to see Him again. That's the power of life. God's life transcends this life. And it goes on. It goes on. Amen? I am the resurrection of the life. And if you believe in me, though you were dead, you will live. And guess what? There was a time when we were all dead in sins. We were dead until we got regenerated by the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we were propelled out of death. And its dominion that it had on us was completely broken, was completely dismantled. It could no longer hold you where it had you. It had to let you go. And now God wants you to live. He wants you to live for Him. He doesn't want you to live for the world. He doesn't want you to live for sin. He doesn't want you to live for things. He's not opposed to things. I heard a minister say the other day, if it's in heaven, it's good. Diamonds are in heaven. Diamonds are good. Gold is in heaven. Gold is good. Pearls are in heaven. Pearls are good. Joy is in heaven. Joy is good. There's not one person in heaven who's sorry that they made that choice. But there are a lot of people in hell that are sorry that they made that choice. It is our time to choose to live. And we got to live with a purpose. we got to live on purpose. And we got to discover why God has created us. And we got to start living that life no matter what. I'm here to raise the standard of life tonight. This, he said that you may live in the land that I'm giving you. God did not want his people to live in sin. Not even in the Old Testament. He said, as long as you follow my word, it's going to be good. But if you don't, it's not going to be so good. He wanted them to live victoriously. He wanted them to live in abundance. In the Old Testament, we have a better covenant. Amen? Make Jesus your Savior. That is step one. To get into this life. This life is free to anyone who wants it. It won't cost you a dime. It is a choice that you make. How many are going to choose to live? And maybe we've lived defeated. Let's just change our mind. God's got something better. 
He's got a better way of living. He, he says there's a new and fresh anointing. There, there's been an opening for a new way of living. Amen? God wants us to live a new way. He doesn't want us to live broke. He wants us to live blessed. He wants us to have more than enough. I mean, he doesn't want you to live as slaves. He brought his people out of slavery. He brought his people out of defeat. He brought his people out of deception and darkness. He wants you to live in truth. He wants you to live openly. He wants you to live confidently. He wants you to live. Amen. He wants you to enjoy life. Go, go with me to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. I've gone off the reservation. Psalm 16. Hallelujah. Verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of what? Joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That doesn't sound to me like God wants you to have a boring life. Joy and pleasure. Did you know that Jesus enjoyed life? And they could not stop his life. They tried. He had to actually donate his life. Amen? Jesus worked for the Red Cross. He was a blood donor. He was a blood donor. He gave us a blood transfusion. Because that was the only thing that could cure sin. There was only one cure for sin. And that was to be washed in the blood. When you're washed in the blood, he says, I'll remove the stain. I'll, I'll make you white as snow. Though you were crimson. He said, come. Come together. He said, come to me. Let's reason together. Though your sins were as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. He made your life. He designed your life. And He wants you to live. He wants you to live according to His standards. Hallelujah. The enemy doesn't know how to live this way. He lost his license to live. The enemy is just existing. Because he has completely lost the life that he was attached to. He got kicked out. But we were brought in. So who's ready to live this life? Are you ready to live for God? Are you ready to give your life to Him? Well, I did that. Well, let's do it again. Amen? Let's renew our commitments. And, and let's not be wishy-washy. If we're going to live for life, let's really live for God. Amen? One time, 
I got to tell this story. I was in Illinois, single man, and um, my friend and I, we were, I called it being out on patrol. And we were looking for people that we could share the gospel with. And um, especially about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, if you hang out at the truck stops, all the, the bars close, and all the people from the bars gathered. But we happened to be walk. we were driving downtown, and we saw this young man, and uh, he was walking. There was an old railroad bridge that, that you could walk, and it was over... Uh, the uh, canal area and so we decided to go to see if we could share the gospel with him and we found out that he was going to kill himself he was going to jump off the bridge and so uh, my friend had this uh, God moment of an idea and they had built a brand new bridge that was over it was much higher and so this guy was, he was climbing, you know how those, those uh, bridges with the curves are, right? You have the bridge and then you have the metal curve, right? So he was going to climb up the metal curve and jump off. And my friend said, hey, look. He said, you see that bridge over there? The guy said, yeah. He said, my friend said, no one's ever jumped off that bridge. <laughs> he said, you can be the first one. But see, it was, it was a strategy to get him down from the bridge that he was on. And he was like, yeah, you know, but when, when he got down, we started to minister him. We started to pray with him. And guess what? He didn't go to the other bridge. Amen? True story. True story. Yeah, true story. I was there. I'm an eyewitness. You know, I come, listen, I have a lot of demons in my town. <laughs> can, can I tell you another story that's not related? But uh, we, we encountered this one guy. See, my friend that I was with, he used to be a drug dealer. And uh, he drove around town in a camouflage van. And on the van, the roof of the van, he painted help. And he was 10 years older than me, but he got saved at his class reunion. Anyway... So we encountered this guy whom he used to know. And this guy came up to us and said, Got anything for the head? Got anything for the head? And my friend says, I don't have anything for the head, but I got something for your heart. He said, How about how, how would you like to know Jesus? And all of a sudden the guy went, Ain't gotta worry about Judas. We took care of him. Well, that's what came out of his mouth. I was there. I have, I have a lot of demon encounters in my hometown. God taught me some things. He taught me that God's got the power. God's got the goods. Amen? Amen. But God wants to raise your standard of living. He, he doesn't want you to have a depressed life. You know? Oh, the writers of the Bible, Abraham. Oh, God, this life is so hard. You don't hear that? I mean, yeah, they went through some stuff. But they got over it. Why? Because they were attached to life. Listen, in life, this life, you're going to go through stuff. But if you got the life, you're going to get over this stuff much quicker, much better. It's going to be a greater experience. Amen? You were designed to live an overcoming life. Not to be overcome by life, but to overcome life. 
You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. God wants to raise your standard of living tonight. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Step number one. If you aren't enjoying the life that you were meant to live, you can change it right now, tonight. It just takes a decision. It takes a step, a step of faith. God is calling you to himself. And if you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus your Lord, I just want you to put your hand up right now. That's the first step of receiving life. You've got to come in contact with the life giver. And you've got to give your life to him. Is there anyone here who doesn't know that Jesus is your Lord? If something were to happen to you tomorrow, you're not sure where you're going to be. This is the greatest opportunity and the greatest miracle that can ever happen. Secondly, I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am so grateful that you came to show me what real life is. Help me, Lord, to follow your example, to live according to your standard, to live my purpose, to live with confidence, to live with assurance. Jesus, you are my Lord. I give my life to you. I receive your life for me. We've exchanged lives. Your life is my life. Your strength is my strength. Your freedom is my freedom. Your power is my power. Glory to God. I'm going to live this life. In Jesus' name, I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live abundantly. I'm going to live long. I'm going to live good and a merciful life. I'm going to live an everlasting life. In Jesus' name, I give you some praise. It's available to anybody who wants it. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anything that we could pray with you?